Hey, I'm Jesse. Let's continue through 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Paul has been defending his apostolic authority, but it's not been about him. It's not, it's not a matter of the fragility of an ego. It's a matter of the validity of the true gospel. These super apostles had come in and had been adding on to the gospel. He'd been teaching demonically, as he says earlier in 2 Corinthians. And Paul is a little concerned. He's afraid that when he does finally go back to the church of Corinth, that he's not going to find what he hopes to find. And likewise, like they may be disillusioned when they see him. He's afraid because these super apostles had been granting license to sexual sins, some of the same sexual sins that were common practice in the church of Corinth, and that made them more popular. This is a common tactic of false teachers to give license to sexual sin. It's like a version of the gospel that also comes with this proviso or comes with this added loophole or license, like be saved and you get to keep on sinning sexually. Sexual sin was particularly prevalent in the Corinthian church. It had been a longstanding issue. It was addressed frequently throughout the book of 1 Corinthians. If you haven't yet, go back and watch our series, Into the Fray, uh, the book of 1 Corinthians, because the, the sexual sins that Paul addresses are numerous and they're quite staggering even. This is something that happens today too, though. People will say, look, Jesus loves you. Come right on in. And by the way, he's totally okay with your sexual sin. Here's what Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, beginning in verse 20. For I fear that perhaps when I come, I will not find you to be what I want. And you may not find me to be what you want. Perhaps there will be quarreling, jealousy, angry outbursts, selfish ambitions, slander, gossip, arrogance, and disorder. I fear that when I come, God will again humiliate me in your presence, and I will grieve for many who sinned before and have not repented of the moral impurity, sexual immorality, and sensuality they practice. We'll talk more about verse 21 tomorrow, but for now, I want to talk a little bit about this opening uh, this opening statement. I, I'm, afraid that, I'm afraid that I'm going to be disappointed when I come, and I'm afraid that you're going to be disappointed when I come. It's, it's a little bit nerve-wracking. Now, we know that the story ends well, okay? Uh, don't, don't lose any sleep over Paul's, Paul's trip to the Church of Corinth again to reconcile with them because we see in Romans 15 that it works out well. But Paul is articulating to them his concern. Here's, here are my concerns. Here's what I'm worried about. Here's what I think is going to happen. We see these punch lists, these categorical lists of sins elsewhere in his writings. He does the same thing in, in Ephesians uh, 5, verses 3 and 4. Um, among you, there must not be even a hint of sexual morality or of any kind of greed or impurity, um, for these are improper for God's holy people, nor should there be any obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. And then in Galatians, he gives another similar kind of punch list. And now here in 2 Corinthians 12, uh, there's, it, there, there are these themes that run among all of these. He, the things that he's afraid he's going to find are uh, quarreling. Dude, we've got some of that in the church today. Jealousy. Surprising amount of that in the church today, actually. Angry outbursts. Those are pretty rare. Selfish ambitions. Yeah, there's some of that for sure. Slander. We have an entire industry devoted to the defamation of fellow Christians. It's a for-profit gossip column. Gossip is the next thing he lists, actually. Arrogance. Yep, there's some of that. I can be guilty of that myself. And disorder. Yeah, there's some of those too. 
man, this is current. This might as well have been written yesterday. Paul could likely come visit any American church and experience some of the same kind of issues. He's expressing all of this at the outset. Here's what's on my heart. Here's what I'm afraid I'm going to find. When I go, I'm afraid that we're going to have we're going to have words, that we're going to have it out. I'm, I'm worried about this. I'm afraid that when I go, some of you guys are not going to repent of the stuff that we addressed earlier. Think the book of 1 Corinthians. The super apostles had given license to these kinds of things. They had allowed people to just, hey, look, Paul tells you that you, you, can't, that you can't sin sexually like that, that you can't go and uh, take advantage of the services offered by the temple prostitutes throughout Corinth. Forget that. You know, uh, he, they, they would give license to sexual sin. Today we do the same thing. Like you think, uh, what, uh, did, did that, that church down the road tell you that you've got you've to stop cheating on your wife? Did that church down the road tell you that, that God's not okay with you looking at pornography, that God's not okay with your homosexual relationship, that, that God's not okay with your, with your sexual sin? Then, uh, hey, come on over here instead. This is still prevalent in the American church today. Paul was afraid of that happening in the church of Corinth. But I'm also struck by the fact that like, I'm afraid that you're not gonna like me when I show up. That I, I'm gonna come and you're not gonna like what you, what you see. This could have been one of two things. One, it could be that, uh, you know, yeah, like his, his physical presence had been derided by, his, by the super apostles. And it, yeah, they could be disappointed. Like, oh, you're shorter in person. I get that all the time, by the way. <laughs> and I'm always like, yeah, I know. It's a real letdown when you meet me in person because they made me look taller on film. Like, Paul, that, that could have been one of it. He could have been referring to what he described in chapter 10, verse 10. But it also could be that, you know, when, when he goes and he asks them to repent from sin, that they don't like it. This is something that qualifies Paul as an apostle and, as, you know, by extension, as a, as a pastor, as the, then the one writing the qualifications for a pastor. We're going to study in 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy and Titus. This, this willingness to offend, this willingness to say something to people that is unpopular to them, that they would not like to hear, and that they would be disappointed to hear from him because he's speaking the, the true word of God, that makes him worthy of the calling, that makes him deserving of the office, that willingness to say something that is going to disappoint people, but it's true. This is good. Now, Paul's just dreading it. This is how we at the Redemption Church approach Scripture. We're going to go through everything that Scripture says. And I know, I just know it. I know there are going to be passages on the horizon, you know, especially when we get to 1 Timothy and, and, and 2 Timothy. By the way, just go read 1 Timothy chapter 2 right now so that you don't get mad at me and blog about it. Like, when we get there, I'm going to say what the text says. I'm not going to say what the text doesn't say, and you're going to be disappointed in me. Even in some of the teaching we've already done, I, I know numerous families that have, have left the Redemption Church because they even acknowledge that what I'm saying is biblically accurate, but they didn't want to hear it. And so they went to find, find another church that would not confront sin. This has happened already, just in the brief year and a half history of the Redemption Church. This is, this is Paul's approach. This ought to be ours too. He knows that when he shows up, it's going to be a little bit like a wrecking ball. There's going to be some quarreling. There's going to be some drama. There's going to be some difficulty. He lists these categories of sins, and he's articulating within his heart, Corinthian church, I don't want to show up and see you back in the same mess that you were in before. The very reason, the very impetus behind the authorship of what we call 1 Corinthians. Would you take a moment and look at this category list of sins? Would you let the Spirit convict you if it convicts you? 
if I can put this on the Holy Spirit's shoulders, which I absolutely will, if you want to be mad at Paul instead of me, hey, that's great, but you got to know I agree with Paul. When I fall short of this same standard, I myself have to repent. Listen, quarreling, scan your heart. Are you guilty of the very thing that Paul was afraid he would find in the church of Corinth? Jealousy. Have you been jealous of somebody else? You look at another believer and you're like, wow, they're, they're thriving and I'm just hurting here. Jealous. Angry outbursts. Have you been guilty of this? Selfish ambitions. Like what are your true angles? Especially within the, the world of the church. Slander. Have you been speaking terrible things about people behind their backs? Gossip. Just straight up spreading lies about people. Arrogance. Check your heart. This is, the, this is probably the, the most difficult of all of these to detect. And disorder. I think that in this, in this regard, he's probably referring back to 1 Corinthians 14, where uh, the spiritual gifts were used chaotically. The gift of tongues was being used rampantly. There was no order in, in the, church, the church service. Look at this categorical list. Press it to your heart. Let the Spirit convict where He convicts. And like Paul, be willing to confront. I'm afraid of what I'm going to find, but I'm going to come anyway. I know that you're probably not going to like me because of this, but I'm coming anyway. This is what a good apostle does. This is what a good pastor does. Forgive me if I ever fail to do this. And if you are one who has left the Redemption Church because I've confronted something in your own heart, would you come back home again and come home in repentance? Let's pray. God, I thank you for your word. I lift up my brothers and sisters in Christ. We see the same issues that the Corinthian church had. We, as the American church especially, still have today. Would you show us the same grace? Would you bring us to the same repentance by the same Holy Spirit of God? Paul was showing up at Corinth, afraid of what he would find and afraid of how he'd be received Lord, I pray that in the same way that the church of Corinth received Paul well, collected the offering, bailed at the church of Jerusalem, that we likewise would not practice these categorical sins. That Lord, instead of being arrogant toward one another, instead of gossiping, instead of quarreling, instead of being jealous of one another, that we would be gracious and kind and loving. That Lord, we would abound with love and joy, peace among one another, patience with one another bearing one another's burdens instead, showing one another love because love covers a multitude of wrongs, God. I pray this over the Redemption Church and I pray this over every church represented by those who listen to the sound and see the video of our devotion series. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.